Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Tzadi Hey in Maseches Bavakama, which means we started Perakagoizel. Perakagoizel, very interesting. Uh, in Yanim of Kinyane Gazela, right? The person who steals. We've talked about this several times. The idea, as we'll see, why does it matter when a person steals when it becomes theirs? This is abstract, uh, lumdish stuff. We'll get to it today. Um, we heard, I heard that Rabbi Hauer, uh, Andrew tells me, got all the way up to the two dots on Tzadik Hamad Aleph. I wanted to start a little before that on Tzadik Dalim base six lines up just because, uh, I don't know why, because that's a very interesting stuff over here. has to do with our Mishnah. just wanted to review. So the first Mishnah in Agozel has, does discuss some of the issues of Kenyan and Gizela, which we'll get to once we start with the two dots, Andrew. But it has prior to that, uh, in the Mishnah also, it has a idea that is controversial, actually, it seems, that only happened in the days of Rebbe. That's what makes it controversial. In the days of Rebbe, they decided, they have a story. A guy decides he was a thief his whole life, right? I hate to say it, but let's say Madoff. I'm just giving an example, right? He decides to do tshuva, so what is he going to do, right? So his wife said to him, good morning. Don't worry, we stalled for you, my man. So his wife says to him, Bernie, what, what, hap- what would have happened if Bernie Madoff's wife says we have to return everything? She, and so, so he decides to do tshuva. She says to him, but then we'll have nothing. We'll have, you won't even have the belt on, on your pants left in your name. It's, so to speak, you're so far gone that it's too late, right? You can't, you can't do tshuva. So in order to facilitate tshuva, Chazal made a takana, you'll recall, in the days of Rebbe, that if Madoff wants to return the money to you, don't accept it. We're, so, we're prioritizing his tshuva. We're saying because tshuva would be impossible, we're going to not accept the money for him in order to facilitate his tshuva. Otherwise, it would be impossible. Wow. So Tosfos has a discussion. You see Bimei Rebbe and Tzadik Dalad Beis. That really was only in Bimei Rebbe. And, uh, however, uh, six lines up from the bottom of Tzadik Dalad Beis, the Gemara is going to say, it doesn't sound like that's true that we don't accept payments. So again, Tosfos already anticipates that and says, that was a very, very unique time. Don't expect that to ever be true. Because after all, I understand the guy needs to do tshuva, but you know we need to we need to uh, run a normal society here. We can't just so let's see tashma. So we have a following price: the tax collectors, customs collectors, uh, the shepherds, tax collectors, custom collectors. These are jobs that have massive theft and corruption. So any job that has those. Corruption, things where people are skimming off the top, chuvas and kasha, very hard to do chuva. Why? Because they're skimming off the top with all of these multitudes of people, right? That's how they make their money, right? The, so to speak. Uh, shepherds, in the sense that all the animals are always going over to different people's fields. But, you know, there's people who are doing all kinds of scam jobs where they, they don't even have a record of, of uh, an accurate record of who they stole from. Right, so it's very hard to do the tshuva. Umachzirin lemakirin, right? So there again, the Brisa says you do return the money if you happen to have in the ledger specific individuals that you could look up and see who you stole from, so you should return it. So again, that uh, goes against the concept that was mentioned already in the Mishnah that there was a takana that you don't return it. So says the Gemara, Amri machzirin ve'en mehem. So we say too that you should return it, but if the takana was intact, then you would say that people shouldn't accept it for them. So if they're not going to accept it, why are you going to attempt to return it? It says, because 
uh, you have this obligation to return it. And so somehow by attempting to return it, you're going to be Yotze Mide Shamaim. Says the Gemara, If that's the case, then why is the Brisa saying that it's so hard to do the Chuva? Just attempt to return it, and then you've done Chuva. Um, again, uh, this is an interesting idea. I actually heard Rav Asher Weiss speak about this in person in Taras Chaim back in the day on a Friday. He was talking about Chuva in general for Ben Adam Lechavero. When you try, you have to be mafayes, right? You have to have be mafayes, right? That when a person, when you've wronged somebody, we've already talked about this before. You have to apologize, also, right? We talked about that in the concept of uh, of tsar and boshas. Uh, you have to for boshas uh, for for tsar. You have to ask for forgiveness. But any kind of wronging, right? Even with with words, you have to ask for forgiveness or any t- anything that you did. What if you were a degenerate or you happen to have been, um, you know, have a past where you were abusive to someone, chas v'shalom, to, to your whole, you weren't the nicest kid in the class, right, in sixth grade, and now you want to do tshuva and you want to apologize and you're 40. So what do you, what do you, how are you going to remember who, who, who was in school? So anyways, Rabbi Asher Weiss was saying, Hashem holds the key to the tshuva. You know, this whole notion, because the Chafetz Chaim will have you believe, uh, if you read it, people get too formulaic, right? And it sounds like it's a formula. Like you ask for forgiveness three times, and then the person who you're asking forgiveness from holds the key to your tshuva. And if he says machalach, then you're forgiven. And if he doesn't say machalach, you're not forgiven, um, etc. And we already learned, we just learned it last week, that there's also a concept that you have to forgive, right? So it sounds like it's a formula. So Rav Asher Weiss explained it's not a formula. The formula is you do your absolute best. In other words, Midei Shamayim, Hashem always holds the key to your tshuva, no matter what the tshuva is. That applies here because how would you do tshuva? By doing your absolute best to return it, right? And that's the tshuva. So that's what the Gemara is saying. If that is the, going to be the tshuva, so then why is it so hard? Just do your best. It's not a question of restoring everybody. That's the point. That the tshuva is not restoring everybody to find tshuva for, for, for this kind of theft that you don't know where it was may not involve making sure that every single person gets it. It involves trying to the best of your ability to make sure everybody gets it. As, as we'll see, maybe you'll do community service in the hopes that somebody else will benefit from it. But that's the tshuva that we're talking about. So that's what the Gemara is saying. If that's the case, then it's not so incredibly hard to do tshuva. It's not impossible because it just means you're doing your absolute best and whatever you don't do, you'll donate to the community and you've done tshuva. That's question number one. That's what I was just saying. Right? When you, if you continue to read the Bible, it says if you don't know who it is, so then use it for tzor for public things, and that's your tshuva. So then why is it so hard to do the tshuva? The Amar of Chisaburah's and Rav Chista said, as an example of what the Tzach Yitzibur would be, right, you could make some cisterns, trenches, vaults, you know, all the things that people need, and they need community funds, so you're put, bringing it back. Hopefully somebody will benefit from it that you took from in the past. You're doing a real renovation of your personality here, so that's the tshuva. So it sounds like to the best that you can, you have to return the money. That's the kasha. So the Gemara says, Again, the Takana and the Dames of the Rebbe was that you don't return it. But all of these uh, prices were before that Takana was enacted. Okay? Or, the Harsha Dhamma of Nachman, now that Nachman said, 
that it was in the times of Rebbe that that uh, the takana was made. Uh, so so Rav Nachman said like this that there it's possible that this takana was b'she'en gazela kayemas, right? So b'she'en gazela kayemas means that you don't know where the stolen article is. So then afilu teima idiv idi lachar takana. Uh, right. So you could say that the that actually both of them were after the takana velokasha. Now we finally arrive inside of Kamenov. In other words, right, that when you can't know, so then then you're going to say that you that you obviously would not be obligated to return it when you don't know who to return it to. But when you know you have the gazela in your hands, right, or in your possession, and you and you can return it, then maybe you would say that you do have to return it. Okay, says the Gemara, uh, right. So, no, I'm sorry. When you're saying that you don't have to accept it, that's when, yeah, yeah, exactly, what I said, okay. When you don't have to accept it is when the stone, it's not there. Okay, so the Gemara said, wait a minute. Right, so the, the very case, so again, we're saying that the Takana was when you don't, uh, have the means with which to return it because you don't know who to return it to, and gazera ain't a kayemes, and the um, and the actual gazela is not there because you don't know where it is, right? So that would be consistent. The two prices, if you don't know where it is, so then you can't return it. You're not going to go through those likes. If you know where it is, then of course you have to return it. But the gemara is saying now that the very story that I mentioned, where the wife says to the husband, "You don't even have the belt on your pants if you have to return it." That's what prompted the gazera. That that's what prompted the gazera, right? That's what prompted them to say that you don't have to return it. Well, that very case was a case where what the gazela is kayemes. The belt was on his pants, right? The gazela kayemesi, right? You have the case of the belt. That was the original case of the of the gazera, and yet there we said that it was on that that we said don't have to return the belt. So you can't say that so long as the belt is there, you have to return it, because that is exactly where the gazera was made, that you don't have to return the belt, because if you did, you'd have nothing left. Oh, so the Gemara says, no, it doesn't really mean that. When the wife said that you won't even have the belt to return, she, it was a figure of speech, right? She was just saying, you won't have anything left. That's what the Gemara says. My avnet, dme avnet. You won't have any money. Not, you won't even have, she meant, you won't even have the shirt on your back. Just that in those days, they said you won't have the belt on your pants. But she was saying, if you have to do tshuva, you won't have anything left. That's all she meant. You won't have any money left, okay? So the Gemara, Is that true? That whenever the gazela is not around, there won't be a takana? What about the crossbeam? The gazela kayemesi, right? The famous crossbeam we've discussed, right? We learned it in the mission in Gittin and Hay, that if you have a someone steals a crossbeam, we already said there's a gazera that you don't have to return it. And yet we see the crossbeam, it's in the dining room. We, we're looking at it. It's none, right? So there we say, you have the beam, it's extant, we see it exposed in the dining room, and yet we don't make him dis, disassemble, disassemble it and return it. You just give back the money. And again, that was an amazing time where you made it to Kana, that we're prioritizing the guy's ability to do tshuva over, right, 
we're incentivizing his tshuva by not making him return his stolen item, which is unbelievable, right? Says the Gemara again, shiny hadam the keva the ikup seida the bira shavir banan kidalesa. Yeah, so it says a beam is different. Cross beam is different over there because since in order to return the beam, you would have to dismantle the entire mansion. The rabbanim treated it as if it's not right there, as if it's not actually there. Meaning we're looking at it, but treat it as if it's part of the house. Don't treat it like it's a separate beam because after all, you take the beam, you take the whole house down with it. So that's not uh, so that's not included considered as if it's returnable, right? And it's for that reason that we don't we don't return the beam in the Mishnah in Gittin. Okay. So now, Andrew, we get up to where Rabbi Howard got up to yesterday. So I apologize. Thank you for indulging me this. And we're back into the Mishnah of Kinyone Gezela. So we're going to get into a very interesting concept. Barry, we're going to start splitting the atom over here as follows. Gozal Paramu Beres Vialda, right? As the Mishnah discusses. So again, let's, let, let's, go, let's go through the case. Somebody steals Barry's cow. Shmerel steals Barry's cow. Turns out it was pregnant and it gives birth. Okay? Or Barry's... Uh, Right, Barry's lamb, right, has a amazing looking la- lamb fro, right, tremendous wool all over. Now, so now the person decides he's going to pay, he's going to give it back. So, but then, right, when he's returning it, there's hair and there's, let's say, let's talk about wool, right, wool and, uh, and an animal. So he's returning the animal and the wool. Now, if you return the animal, what value, at what value are you returning the animal? Let's say he stole, right, he stole, somebody, Schmerl stole Barry's uh, lemela, right, stole the animal, and it was like a $1,000 lamb. But it developed so much hair and so much wool that now it's a $2,000 lamb if you were to sell the wool and the lamb separately, right? So it, it appreciated in value. So what is he returning to Barry? Okay, so let's see. So the, the Gemara said, that you do it, what? That you have to, what, what do you have to do? Do you have to do it itemized? Because if you sold those things, if you return those things in their value itemized, you'd be returning a lot more than you stole, right? It appreciated. That would mean that the, that the Goslin would be returning even more than he, than he stole. Whereas if you returned just the value at the time of the theft, then you would be returning only what you stole, and then what happens with the rest of the wool? Like the goslin keeps the wool? How does this work? So let's see. We're going to get into this brysa. It's going to be a three-way machlokas, and we're going to have it clear enough as follows. Right? So you steal an animal, and then so the thief, Shmerel, shears it, and now he has the animal and the wool. Okay? Or Paravayalda will have a cow in its, in its birth, right? Its child. Mishalem osa ve'gizosea so, the goslin is going to pay, he's going to return it, and he's going to also pay back the gizozev of Ladosea, right? So you have to pay mishalim, you pay for all of it, itemized, right? So you're going to pay back a lot more than you stole, Shmerel, right? He stole this, he, he returns a stolen animal, he returns everything that he took from it, he returns everything that appreciated. So he's really returning, he didn't make any money, Right? And so that seems to be the Pasha the shot, right? Shouldn't you just return everything? David Rabbi Mayer. That's what Rabbi Mayer says. Okay. Why would anybody disagree with Rabbi Mayer? I'll pause here and just ask. Why would anybody disagree with this? You, you stole it. None of it is yours. It appreciated. So that's not yours either. Why? 
would any of this be yours? So the answer, I'll just say it outside because this is what we're going to start analyzing, is the kinyanim of the gazela. At a certain point, this animal becomes the animal of the thief, right? And so Barry, let's say, had the animal at $1,000. So if he gets the animal restored exactly as it got stolen, so Barry isn't really losing anything, the thief shouldn't necessarily gain. But at the end of the day, this is what Kenyana Gazela means, that the thief at a certain point becomes his animal. If he cultivates the animal, makes a business out of it, and, and gains money, so technically he's doing it with his, at some point he's doing it with his animal, not with Barry's animal. We'll see. Sometimes when, when that threshold crosses over. And so if Barry doesn't lose, maybe, maybe this guy should keep, it, keep the money that he uh, appreciated. Let's see. So Rameyer says he doesn't. He returns everything to Barry. Diver Rabbi Mayer. Okay. That you return the original, well, we'll see. The stolen animal returns to Barry as it is, which is to say it's got a luscious lamb fro with a lot more hair and it's worth a lot more. Barry is going to get all the benefit. That's Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Shimon Naimer, Roina Sakilu, Hishuma Etzlovachasef. Is a, a variation, the Gemara is going to ask what's the difference? A variation of Rabbi Yehuda, right? Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda seem like they're in the same camp against Rabbi Meir. Again, Rabbi Meir says that you only have to return it back the way you took it. Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda are both saying, no, we take into account the appreciation that it has now. The only difference is that Rabbi Yehuda is saying that you return it exactly as it is now with the wool and everything on it. And, and Rabbi Shimon says you can keep the wool in essence, but you're always going to pay back to Barry what it is worth now if it appreciated. So you're going to do what? You're going to use money to pay the difference. Okay, let's see. Let's see how this works. So now we're going to start by analyzing each one of these opinions and what they're based on. So Ibar Lahu, we asked the following question. My time is the mayor. What's the mayor's opinion based on? Like this, again, abstract idea. The, the uh, stolen animal underwent a change, right? That change does, is, it affects the acquisition possibly or not, as follows. When the animal gets sheared, let's say, right? And, and also changes rishus. When the animal goes into Shmerel's possession, does it be koma oimed or kona, right? Does it eat, make a kinyan or not? As we've already discussed before, we discussed Shino Shem, Shino Rishus, right? At some point, there's a threshold that passes over where the animal actually becomes Shmerel's. It becomes the thief's animal. So when it does so, right, does it affect the Kenyan or not? That's what it means, which is Shino Bimkoma Omed, Odimma Shino Ikona. When this transaction of the theft happens, it was Kona the acquisition. So if it was Kona, right, so then Rabbi Mayer would say, why is Rabbi Mayer making him return it Right, why is Rabbi Meir, if it was Kona, saying, right, why is he making him return everything? Because if you're going to say Shino Kona, and he, all of that appreciated under the thief's, right, Rishus, it means that the reason why it, you, the thief has to return everything to Barry is not because he holds fundamentally that all of that stuff belonged to Barry all along, uh, and even as it was appreciating, it was still Barry's animal in Schmerl's possession. No. As soon as the thief bought it, the abstract, uh, in the abstract, the thief owns it, and all of those extra things are going to 
technically belong to the thief because it's in his possession. However, there's a knas, right? So that's what the Gemara wants to know. The Gemara wants to know, is it that the animal is always considered, right, Barry's the entire time, which is Shinoi Bim Koma Omed, or is it that it's really considered the thief's animal, but we are giving him a knas that he has to pay it regardless to Barry? Okay, what's the difference? The Nafkamina. Yeah, what if the animal depreciated? So if the animal depreciated, then right, the, it would it would actually be not be a knas to make right to make it as if it belo- happened in the possession of the right thief, and we would not make you know Barry absorb that depreciation. We would actually make the right. We would make the thief if it's a knas pay him the difference. Anyways, right, we make him pay what he stole, right? As opposed to if you're going to say that the whole thing is that it became the thief's, so then if it became the thief's, then no matter what condition it's in now, you're going to return it to, to Barry. Because the Gemara wants to know, so which is it with the mayor? Tashma. So let's, let's see from the Mishnah that we're going to actually learn tomorrow. Gozel behema v'izkina. A person stole an animal and it depreciated, right? It got older. Avadim v'izkinu. Or the avadim got older. Mishalim kishasa gazela. You have to pay... Uh, the value at the time that you stole it. Okay. Reb Meir makes a distinction between slaves and behema. Unbelievable. By slaves, you say here, this is the slave that I, that I stole, right? This is the slave that I stole. Here he's, he, he's back. But by behema, you do it based on, at, based on what the value of the slave is at the time of the returning it. Whereas a behema, it's the right. It's at the time that you stole it. Okay, so what's weird about this? Obviously, what's weird about this Mishnah that we're going to learn tomorrow is that it seems to split it. That with right respect to slaves, he's going to right. He's going to disagree, right? But with the animal, he's going to agree, right? That you're going to pay back that at the time of the. Ro- robbery, right? Okay, one second. Okay, so Isa Gadai Tachsaver Meir Shinimim Koyma Omid Afil Behema Nami. So obviously, the Mishnah tomorrow splits it, right? It makes a difference between the Avadim and the Behema, right? By the Behema, he does it Keshasa Gzela. So if you're going to say Right, and, and then, so if Shinobim Koma Omed, then even the animal, you should be able to return it and say, right, right, if it was, if it was, it should be the same. In other words, we're trying to figure out whether Mayor holds Shinobim Koma Omed or Shinokona, and we're saying that the tomorrow's Mishnah is going to have a difference between Behema and Avadim. So why is there a difference between Behema and Avadim? Right? So to speak, Mimanafshach. If you say Shinim Koma Omed, so that even the Behema, you should be able to say, Harei Shalchan Fanecha. Elav Shmamina, Kasavar Meir Shinim Koma, Behacha Knasahu de Kakanis. Right? So you have to say that it's a Knas. In other words, Shinoi Kone, that's not Shinoi Bim Koma. And rather, right, it's all acquired by the, the thief and it all belongs to him. And the only reason he has to return it is because of the fact that we have a knas, right? The only reason he has to, to, to do any of the appreciation or depreciation is because of the knas. Again, the Mishnah is talking about a case of depreciation, right? So if you have to, so by, by the question is by the avadim, right? 
Why, why is he saying Haresh al Okay. So the Gemara rejects. It says, So it could be that Rameir is saying his own shot, or it could be he's talking about according to the Rabbanon. And he says that according to me, the Shino is not Kona. Maybe, maybe it's, the mission is not a reflection of the fact that Shino is Kona. He say, according to me, the Shino is not Kona. And it would be even true by a stolen animal, right, that if it depreciated, it can be returned in its present state. And it, because the Shino is not Kona, it belongs to Barry, right? So again, if it belonged to Barry the entire time, so then the appreciation or the, or the depreciation doesn't matter. The whole time it was Barry's. The only time you would have to worry about appreciation or depreciation is if it actually was Kona, right, by the evidence. And now all of a sudden he's responsible for what happens afterwards, right? So that's what the mayor is saying to the Rabbanon. According to you that you say that once, right, the change happened and, it, and, and I acquired it and a change took place in the animal, so then I acquired it. And therefore, Oduli Mihas at least agree there, but of the Karkai Dami, the Karka and Nigzelas. Uh, that's the difference between Karka and Avadim. At least agree with me as follows, right? That even though you say that, that, that when you steal something, that when a, when a thief steals something, it's the thief's, that would be true of animals and metaltalin. That would be true of anything that he can acquire. But land isn't really ain't an exelet. It's never really stolen because, after all, it's always in the same place. It doesn't have the same din of, of right, as metaltalin, and therefore it never really changes the possession, that the shinui would never be considered konet for a land the same way that it does for an animal. And it is for that reason that since avadim are considered like land, it is for that reason the avadim never are considered to have left berries possession, and therefore it, that um, is, accounts for the distinction in our Mishnah, that the Avadim are always going to be as is, right? But the Metatalin, because the Shinu is Kona, according to Remeyer, that's where Barry's going to have to pay the difference, right? So that's what they're saying, that the Machlokas is, that Remeyer is saying that according to me, it's true, right, that Shinu, that, that, that it's true that according to me, Shinu and Kona in every case, it would be Barry's. But according to you, the abundant that even holds that a thief can, in fact, acquire the item, and in the abstract, it's considered his, that would be true only for the animals, but not for the land, right? Because Karka and an exelet. That is what Rabbi Meir wants to say. However, but the abundant would disagree. They say, lo, of dame. And this is the famous machlokas that we've discussed before about Avadim. We've discussed this already about whether the status of slaves is like karka or like metaltalin. It's like karka in some ways. It's like metaltalin in other ways. And we have a machlokas here. What is it what, uh, with respect to theft? Is it like karka that ain't an exelis or is it like metaltalin that is an exelis? That would be machlokas or mayor and their abundance. So since we don't know whether how this is playing out. Like, is Rameir trying to talk according within the abundance shita? Is he recording, uh, talking according to his own shita? We still don't know what Rameir holds about whether Shinui Bimkomo or Shinui Kona. So let's see, Tashma, let's bring another Mishnah. This Mishnah is going to be by the end of the week. Litzbalo Adam Shachar, famous case. You give wool to a dyer and you tell him dye it red and he dyed it black. Or Shachar Tzvah Adam, or he told him black and he dyed it red. Rameir Omer Nosanod made tomorrow. So Rameir says you pay the owner, the value of the wool. In other words, as Rashi explains, the original 
the original amount, even though it's worth more. The question is, what do you what do you pay? Do you pay the appreciation, right? So, right? You only pay the original uh, value of the will, not the appreciated value of the will. So here, right, this may not have been theft, but it was definitely a shinui, right? The will changed color, changed uh, value, right? So if you're going to say that mayor holds that shinui would not be kone, right? That if the fact that it's a shinoi, so let's say again, Barry gives somebody the wool, and so if it's still, if the shinoi doesn't make a change, so then of course it's Barry's, he would need to return, right, the value of the wool and the improvement. He would have to return everything to Barry, right? Again, the wool is Barry's. The dyer took the wool, and the dyer appreciated its value. So and then he returns the wool to Barry. Why would the Mishnah possibly say that Barry doesn't keep everything? If the whole thing was Barry's all along, and it doesn't matter that any, any change happened to it, and if it appreciated, then Yeshakach, Barry, you, you got the value. The only thing that you could say, if you're gonna start splitting the difference between the value of the wool and the appreciation of the value, is that in fact, at a certain point, the Shinui changed the acquisition, and it's no longer Barry's, and you, it's for that reason that you pay him only the difference. So again, you could say that not necessarily so. The fact that Barry gets all of the money may not be a reflection of the fact that it was Barry's all along the wool, but rather it could be just a reflection of the fact that there's a knas, right? That there's a knas that you have to return. If a guy takes uh, the thing, right, then, so, right, in other words, the fact that Rabbi Mayer is the one that says, no son made tomorrow, right, that you give back just the value of the wool in the Mishnah on, on Daf Kuf, sounds like Rameir for sure is going to hold, that you itemize it, you separate it out, that the shinoi make, uh, is kone, which is to say, a person, again, makes a shinoi on something that belonged to Barry. At that moment, right, it's no longer Barry's. So when are we going to evaluate? At what stage are we going to evaluate how much this thing was worth? At the time that it, of the shinoi, like at the time that it was taken from Barry, and the shinoi happened, so it freeze phrases in time, freeze frames in time. That's what Barry is going to get back. Everything else is going to be itemized, and we think that that is a sure raya that Remeyer holds that shinoi kone. If there were any reason why we would be paying anything above that value, it would only be because, be because of a knas. Shmami, no, that sounds like a good raya. So now 17 lines up, we say, Ike the army. Some have the discussion in a totally different way. It says, Halo ibai lun, that. This was never a question. Some people hold that this idea of Shinoi Kono is so obvious that that's our mayor's shita that we never even had a shayla about this. Because Rav was so convinced of this that he actually changed, he reversed, he turned upside down the Mishnah about stone, the, that we had with regarding stone animals and slaves that we just me- mentioned as follows. Gazal behema v'izkina, right? Avadu v'izkina, that Mishnah that we just quoted. The so we said before, remember, we quoted this Mishnah, and we thought that maybe Rameir was saying within the opinion of Rabbanan, right? It was inconclusive. Well, Rav didn't think it was inconclusive. He just thought you have to switch the shitas, that if a person is steals a behema and it becomes older, or a vadim and they age, you have to pay bishas Gzela according to Rameir. Well, that would be considered Rameir. That would certainly mean that the Kenyan is happening right at the change. Okay, so then if that's the case, if the Chachamim are saying that it, 
that it's still considered berries the entire time. So that's their shita. Says the Gemara, That seems to be a, a true raya that mayor holds shinakona. Right? And the only reason why you would have to pay extra, right, uh, would be because of a knas. So when we ask about mayors, right, shita, this is what we ask. So what was the question? According to this new Right formulation of the discussion. Our question was never whether he holds shino ikona or not. Everybody holds that Ramey holds shino ikona. The only question is: Was the knas only when it's bemezid of a beshogeg Would you make the knas even if he stole beshogeg? How you how do you steal beshogeg? Isn't that a hard thing to do? Raj explains it's when you buy stolen stuff. Right. Sometimes people buy stolen stuff. Right, as Rashi said, right? So you didn't know it was stolen. So when you didn't know it was stolen, are you still going to impose the knas to protect Barry's value, interest in it? Or you're only giving a knas because of the intent of stealing. It's that which you're punishing. With. So says the Gemara, Tashma, 10 lines up. Chamisha gover mechororin. Mechororin, as Rashi explains, is nechasim b'nei chorin, as opposed to mishubadim, as we'll see. What does this mean? That there's five creditors that can only collect from something that is unsold. As follows. Okay, here's the five. As follows. Paris v'shevach Paris. Right? So a person has a claim on Paris v'shevach Paris. Rashi points out that we learned this in Masechah's Gittendaf Memches. Right? That if there's Nechassim Mishubadim. So again, this is, this is very actually straightforward. Um, Barry sells a uh, Land to Andrew, right? And, and then, and then he, but he had a pre-existing debt. So the person who wants to collect the pre-existing debt, that's called Nechasim Mishubadim. He can collect the land back from from Andrew because when Andrew did its transaction, right, there was already a pre-existing debt. He can collect only, right, but he can't collect the fruit and the extra payros. That's the point. He can't collect the investments. Than the that that uh, Andrew got from it, right? So he says, "Peros v'shevach peros." That he can't collect. That he can only collect from from mishuchroren. Right? That he can only collect from from cheren. So again, this all of these are going to be examples of that. That you can only collect cash from certain things if it's if it's liquid. Um, so again, mishubadim could take the. Land, but they can't take the Paris. Again, a person accepts to sustain a uh, son of a daughter or his wife. And again, in, in that case, you can only collect that from, from cash. Forget Chov Sha'in Bachrayas. A person has a document, but the document doesn't say that there's any Achrayas, right? She, he didn't. So it's like an unsecured loan. Right, so if it's unsecured, so then you can't collect the mishubadim. You can only collect the cash that he has. Uksuvas isha she'ain ba'chrayas, and the gemara and, and we, some mefarshim um, explain why that would be different, but it's not different. If you have uksuvas isha, the portion of the ksuba that does not have right any guarantee in it, all of these are going to be only collected from from unsold properties. You can't only from ben chor, not from mishubadim. So man shamas lay damar chrayas latofas sofru. Who did you hear say that? That it, in the absence of a guarantee, it's not presumed to be an oversight? What does that mean? In other words, you tended to buy it secured, but you had like a bad transaction attorney. So the question is, they're saying that if it's not secured, right, so then you can't collect from something that's already been m- meshuba, that's already been, right, uh, 
accounted for for someone else. But why are you saying that? Maybe the intention was always for it to be a secured loan, let's say, but you, you got a bad contract. You got it offline and it, wasn't, it didn't have the right verbiage in it. So maybe that's the problem. So that would say Rabbi Mayer. Why? Because you could say that the Ketani Peros Veshevach Peros, right? Because we had Peros Veshevach Peros. Wait till you see what we're going to say over here, right? Peros Veshevach Peros, we said, you're not going to take it, right? If you don't have the proper, right? There was a shogig here. There was a mistake, right? You made a transaction. You accidentally, so to speak, you, or unknowingly, right, um, made a transaction where now you have to get it back. They say you only get back the, the principal. You don't get back the Paris and the Shevach Paris. Why don't you get it back? I'll say it outside. There was a shogig here, and yet it sounds like there's a knas, right? Shevach Paris, hechi dummy. What's the case of the Shevach Paris? Let's say a person steals a field from his friends and sells it to someone else. And during that time, the field appreciated. And then, right, now... In its, in its improved state, you're going to get it back, the, the stolen land, and give it to its rightful owner. Kshuhu gove, right? The brysa is giving you the right, psak. Then when the buyer collects, what? Turns the, to Tzadichayim Abayz, gove es ha-karen min chasim mishubadim v'sashevach min chasim b'nei charen. You can collect the karen, right? Even though it was already in someone's possession, he bought it and it was already spoken for. He bought a stolen land. So, do you see that? You split the difference. The stolen land that he bought, we're going to get back. But the peros, we're not going to get back, right? That means that you can't take the, the peros because that, right, was Bishogeg, but that is not part of the original principal land, and it's only the land that we're going to take back. Because again, the buyer bought a stolen land, but he gets to keep the improvements. So we see that even though the original owner can get back, every, uh, tries to get back everything, right? But he does not get the improvements that he made. My love, So now the Gemara is saying an unusual idea that the shogig that we think is going to be is that the Amaretz doesn't know that Karka ain't an exelis, and therefore it's a shogig. And since it's a shogig, the fact that he doesn't keep it is, an, is, a, is a reflection of the fact, right, that that the knas is even, is whether the knas is only bishogeg or even bemazed, right? Because again, what was the question with Rameir? Rameir, we decided, holds that it's kona, and therefore that the Kenyan is kona. And the only question was, we give it a knas. Does we give it a knas only bemazed or also bishogeg? That was the question. So we say, And we say in this case that the original owner of the land can take what? Both the land and the Paris in that particular case. Right? We say that he gets the land and the Paris if that was the case. So it sounds that even though, again, a land was stolen and then sold. So we say that the person who purchased that land has to return both the land and the Paris. So if he has to return both the land and the Paris, it's out, and, and again, this is clearly a case of Shogeg because he didn't know whether Karkar and Exelis. Despite the fact that it's Shogeg, Rameir is still going to have a Knas. In other words, we know for sure that he holds that, that it's Kona, but we also know for sure that there's a Knas, and despite the fact that there's a Knas, that, that it's Shogeg, it's still a Knas. It sounds like the Knas is even Bishogeg. So the Gemara is going to reject it. Amrei lo, 
Again, it's an unusual idea. Whether he's a Tamachacham or an Amaaretz is going to depend whether it's Shogig or Mezid. Because if, you were, if he were a Tamachacham, he would know, right, that Karka in an Exelis, and therefore that everything has to be returned. So this is not necessarily a Raya as to whether the Knas is Bishogig and Bemezid as well. So now we're going to try to bring a proof to the Shogig versus Bemezid from seven lines down from the. Mishnah we just quoted on Davkuf as follows Tashma So let's go back to that case of the wool, right? Barry gives the wool. He wants it red. It turns out right um, black or vice versa. Shachor Adam. Rabbi Meir Omer So Rabbi Meir says you give him back what it's worth now. in Only, only not what it's not the appreciation, but only Only what he he got. Only what Barry gave, right? Barry gave $10 of wool. He got back $20 of wool, all right, uh, all black, and that's not what he wanted at all. So you give him back the Demet tomorrow, not the appreciation. You give him back what the value of what he gave. Right? And if you're going to say that there's even a Kanas, if you did a Bishogeg, then you have to give him back the new, uh, greater value of the dyed wool. Because again, when Barry gave it to the wool guy, nobody did it this wrong wool on purpose. They did it Bishogeg. And there we see, therefore we see the fact that the idea of the mayor here, there, in that case, is a case where the guy, again, he accidentally dyed it the wrong color. So Barry's like, this is not what I want at all. Give him my money back. He only gives them the value of the original wool that Barry gave him. That is a clear indication that according to a mayor, this accidental die is going to be, was an accident, it was Bishogeg, and we're not going to make him, knas, we're not going to make him pay the higher amount. So therefore, that's a clear indication that mayor holds that only been mazed, knas, Bishogeg, low knas, so you would only give a knas, but mazed, shmami, no, and that is indeed conclusive. And it makes sense, right? Because we know mayor's position should be that it's a knas. And that the knas should only apply b'mezid. Why should you give it knas when you do b'shogeg? So that's Rameyer Shita in the Brisa. Okay, so that was Rameyer. Now we have Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Huda Omer Gazela Chozeres Bei Neha. Rabbi Shimon is that we return it with all the luscious wool on it. And Rabbi Shimon Omer Rameyer Sakilu Hishimo Eslob Kesef. Rabbi Shimon says we do return the value of it with all the luscious wool, but we view it. We we give the difference in the money. Okay, as uh, okay. So we're going to give him extra money. My bay now. So what's the difference? Either way, you're giving him the value with the extra luscious wool. So the whole question is, this is a question where he already sheared the animal. But what if there's stuff still on top of the animal? As Rashi says, right? Let's say it uh, grew extra wool or it became pregnant. So you suffered the nigzal havi. Yehuda is going to say that all that extra stuff goes back to Barry, whereas Rabbi Shimon suffered the Gazlan Havi. Rabbi Shimon holds that that also belongs to the Gazlan. Okay, Rav Papa says no. Rav Papa Amar, the Chulei Alma, Shevach Shal Gabi Gazel, the Gazlan Havi. Everybody holds that all that little extra uh, hair that happened in the possession of the Gazlan, even Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Shimon both agree that that belongs to the Gazlan. But they're arguing about whether the, the robber can keep all of it or he has to give a little bit of it. What does that mean? So Rashi in the middle says, In other words, let's say, in a regular case, Barry says, watch my thing, and he's paying for them to watch it. Like, at a certain point, right, there's a certain amount over a long term 
behema watch where you keep some of the behema's value. And there, that's why it's non-committal, whether it's a half or a third or a quarter. That would be depending on whatever the customary usual right amounts would be in that land. So anyway, to that, Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Shevach Shal Gavi Gzel, Kula de Gazlan Havi. Rabbi Shimon Savar, Lamechta Shishavir, Hu de Shakil Gazlan. Rabbi Yehuda is going to hold that everything that's attached to the animal is still going to, is all going to belong to the thief. And Rabbi Shimon holds that no, that it's only half, third of the quarter that the thief takes. Everything else doesn't actually belong to him. So now the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute, our mission doesn't sound like that. It's none. Our mission says, the following, right? So our mission says that if the animal had the wool shorn or the or gave birth, you pay by, from the time of the robbery. Right? That's only true if it gave birth. But if it did not give birth, you return it exactly, even with the carrying fetus. I can understand according to opinion of Zvid. Because we could say, who, who's there, it's exactly the Machlokas. And there you could say that our Mishra is Rabbi Yehuda. Our Mishra reflects Rabbi Yehuda, right? Because after all, he holds, right? Everything re- it stays, right? Like Rabbi Yehuda holds, everything goes back, including the appreciation. Or Papa the Gazlan Havi. But Papa holds that it belongs to the Gazlan. So how money? Lower Yehuda, lower Because our Papa, right, the Mishnah implies that the attached wool the, or the fetus returns to the original o- owner. Well, that doesn't accord with either Rabbi Yehuda or Rabbi Shimon. So tomorrow, uh, 20 lines up from the bottom, the Gemara is going to answer, right, how Rav Papa would reconcile that stira.